we went camping a couple weekends ago and it was at a very quiet place. I think it was in the evening and we were all sitting around the fire and and one of the kids made a comment. They said, it's too quiet here. And I said, that's the purpose of this, you know, is just to get away and it's okay to sit and stare at the fire and, you know, be quiet. It makes you think. Sometimes you can actually think when you don't have noise around and, and it feels good or you don't have to think. You can just stare at the fire and not have to think about anything. But I just, I do wish, I wish that in our culture, we would welcome silence more than what we do. You're listening to Hidden Language, a podcast about tuning into place, bodies, and time, and discovering the unexpected ways their stories can be told. I'm Scott Lunsford. And I'm Jay Varner. Today, Scott completes his two-part series on the language of massage. While I was thinking through this episode, I learned that a composer I admire died in August in, in 2021. His name is R. Murray Schaefer, and I came to him through my interest in sound and in soundscapes and in an academic field called sound studies. So I think it's appropriate that I use this second part about massage and sound as a way to commemorate Schaefer uh, and his work. Now, Schaefer was not only a composer, he was very concerned about noise and had written quite a bit about histories of noise and sounds and on becoming in tune with listening, with deep, purposeful listening. And back in the mid-1970s, he published a book called The Tuning of the World and then later re-released it as The Soundscape, Our Sonic Environment and the Tuning of the World. And in it, he writes about clairaudience, or clear hearing, alluding to the ability to listen deeply, to have exceptional hearing ability. And he developed a system called ear cleaning, uh, ways to help us listen more intently, to be able to hone into particular sounds within a robust soundscape filled with all kinds of of competing sounds and, and noises. So today then, I'm returning to Becca McKinney, a massage therapist, and it's a conversation I had with her about other aspects of massage therapy. So if you tuned in to episode five of Hidden Language, you heard us talk about the literacies of massage. For example, the the hands reading the body as a kind of text. At the time, I also asked her about music and sounds of the massage room. And she got into some interesting cultural ideas that we explore in sound studies, and certainly something Murray Schaefer was concerned about throughout his life. We began with how she decides the kinds of music she chooses to play in the room to help clients slip into the mood for taking in the massage experience. For her, music plays a double purpose. With the music, it has to be a tune that's unfamiliar to people because it can, in a sense, it can become distracting if they hear the tune. And then I've actually had people go, is that a tune? It's not, it, I recognize that. And their focus then goes to the music instead of being present for the massage itself. And 
you know, it's not it's not really bothersome, but I really want them to be able to be fully relaxed and focused on the massage therapy and staying calm and then not being distracted by certain sounds or music. And so I try to be very selective with, with it being more of just a background noise. And the reason I like to have it as noise though, is if a loud motorcycle goes by, you know, on on the road beside of me, they won't focus on that. So it kind of creates this background that hides other sounds or that kind of over, you know, it's, it, it's, um, a cover up for sounds that are outside of the building, but it also creates a relaxing environment as well. Like many of us do, she chooses or collects music as playlists that do something specific. You know, we might create playlists that help us exercise. And even those songs within the playlist might be different from from each other. So you might have playlists that are better for cardio. Or maybe a playlist that helps you do yoga. And you might have a playlist with favorite songs that you study with or work to. Maybe your favorite road trip music. So Becca, she's had this one playlist that she plays all the time. I do. It's my favorite one. It is. Yeah. It's actually, so it's from iTunes and I Googled relaxing massage music and that was one that came up. And as I've listened to it and as I've played it in here, I have found, I've kind of done a little bit of experimenting myself with music. And this particular one tends to be the most relaxing I have found for people. Like they, re- I've, I have people that fall asleep during it or snore, but whenever I've had other music, they seem to stay awake more or focus on it, especially if it's a guitar, which I have found interesting. So when I have a stringed instrument, people talk more about that as um, instead of having a piano, which I found interesting too. They'll ask more questions about a guitar, like, where did you find this music? Or, you know, what CD is this? And it's cool that they're interested in it and they enjoy it, but they pick it out more than having the piano as the background music. Not many people ask about the piano tunes. They just kind of relax into it. So I don't know what it is about the guitar or the picking that seems um, to be more of a distraction and, and I guess piques their interest. Some kinds of music like guitar plucking, and that's, you know, that's nothing against the guitar, but that particular sound can pull clients from the presence that Becca was talking about earlier being present for the massage and not thinking about other things. So music then can be distracting, just as other sounds in and outside the room during the experience that Becca tries to mitigate, even silence. In fact, I had asked her at one time if clients ever asked for a silent room, that maybe they don't want music just the ambient sound of the room itself and maybe even from the street outside. Yeah, and sometimes the walls will have a certain vibration. 
like when the air cuts on, you can yeah. hear things vibrating. And again, if there's a loud vehicle that goes by, and I'll actually have some people jump if I if it is silent, and a really loud vehicle goes by on Main Street, even though it's, you know, this is a pretty well insulated building, you can definitely hear it. And so I'm trying to mute out those sounds when I play the music. But yeah, silence can also be a, a distraction for sure. You had asked me before if if I think that if I wonder why people don't request a silent room and why maybe people prefer music, because I found here that clients generally like to listen to music, you know, just kind of some kind of background noise. Um, and I've thought about it and I've just kind of pondered why maybe people don't feel relaxed in silence or wouldn't feel like they can be comfortable in silence. And my theory is that I just, I really believe that our society and, and culture is filled with noise, whether it be direct, you know, having conversations, being on the phone at our jobs and at our desks, or having background noise. I mean, if you walk into any store, there's music playing. In our cars, there's music playing. At home, there's kids talking. There's, you know, there's just always noise. And so I think that our brains, our synapses, they, they, you know, are accustomed to that. And so when we finally have silence, we don't know how to handle it. We get really uncomfortable. It feels awkward because we're not used to it. Our brains are not used to that. And so it kind of makes me sad because I, I think that if we go into more of the Eastern culture and philosophies, they feel really comfortable in silence. And that's where they go to, to get away and for a break. And we seem to be drawn to noise, which fascinates me. Um, unintentionally, you know, and sometimes intentionally, but I, I kind of want to do some kind of experiment with that and just see why, or, or even in my own life, get, get accustomed to being and sitting in silence and feeling comfortable with it. Because I think even as a massage therapist who loves, you know, quiet and still, uh, I have three kids at home and I have clients that like to talk, which is okay, you know, and I have um, constant noise in my own life, but just to be able to train my brain to sit in silence, because I think that that is such a powerful thing to do for ourselves. And it's, it's a gift to ourselves that we just don't think about doing. And I do wish more people would feel relaxed and comfortable with, with sitting in silence. <sighs> and this is coming from a talker, you know, I am such a talker and I love, I love music, but it just, no matter how much of a talker or an extrovert or a people person or a musician, all of us need some silence in our lives. I really do think that, you know, this is sad. Even at night, I have to have a fan running for white noise. Even when I go to sleep, I can't sleep in silence. I can't even sleep in silence. <laughs> so that's something maybe we should all work on is just taking it could feel uncomfortable at first, but taking, you know, a minute and then increasing that minute to two minutes a day and giving that to ourselves because we just don't have that at all in our culture.
You've been listening to Hidden Language. Music for this episode was provided by Inequalis, Blur Moon, Scott Holmes Music, Edoy, Dr. Turtle, and Lobo Loco. You also heard a piece by Murray Schaefer called Miniwaka, performed by Proyecto Ele, and a bit of Mozart performed by the Moscow All-Union Radio Orchestra. Our own theme music was written and performed by Jay Varner, and thanks to Max Lunsford for his help on some of the Foley sounds we created for this episode. For a list of all episodes, their transcripts and show notes, be sure to visit hiddenlanguagepodcast.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, please spread the word using whatever language you see fit.